Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, joining me today, like always, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And today we're going to do a short episode about a quite short book. Okay. And let me introduce this book by saying that uh, I re read this book as a filler book while I'm waiting for Juliana to finish another book. Um, so uh, let's start the clock. How many book? How many book reviews are we going to do with, before with... we get to the book that I'm yeah. currently reading? So yeah, mm -hmm. I started reading the new Alistair Reynolds book. It's set in the Revelation space uh, world. Uh, it's called in the universe. It's called Inhibitor Phase. I started okay. reading it, and I realized quite quickly it was is like a follow up book to the Revelation space trilogy, which ended with Absolution Gap, which we've not reviewed. Um, on the podcast before so I was like hey let's go back well I said I'm gonna re uh, read or in this case listen to the audiobook of Revelation Space and Juliana says yes I'll buy the uh, Revelation Space no no of uh, sorry Absolution, Absolution Gap the third Gap. book yes. in the Revelation yes. Space trilogy uh, Juliana's not read that one but we have both read well I've read it before but Juliana's also read the uh, Revelation Space and Redemption Arc and this yes. will complete the trilogy and then we can move on to Inhib Inhibitor Phase which came out earlier this month um but I finished already. Juliana's about halfway through. I'm reading the book. Yeah, it's, uh, as, as an ebook. Yes, it's um, about a thousand ebook e pages. It's on the longest. IPad I think Mini. it's the longest novel that Alistair Reynolds ever wrote. I think he, he oh, wrote that. Okay. It's like his fifth novel or something. He wrote that and was like, right, I've got to tone it down a bit. But I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Reading through again, uh, and you're reading it. So we were talking before. We went out for a walk on Saturday, and we were talking about like other science fiction, which is just, hey, let's do uh, Napoleonic. Um, uh, battles like uh, sea battles naval yeah naval naval yeah that's it naval battles from the napoleonic era yes. uh, and um you know like master and commander stuff but we'll just put it on on a spaceship or yeah. um what you know the kind of things where like oh we just want to do sort of like very basic court intrigue yeah, but, court drama yeah, but set it in a planet uh, set it on a you know in a palace on a planet rather than on and a that palace makes it science fiction yeah turns out it comes back to oh this is just a court drama yeah and we can literally just read i don't know shakespeare or, well, or whatever yeah i know or whatever court drama <laughs> whatever it really should be just reading historical fiction and um and i said what's really good about alistair reynolds is that he's doing stuff with you know politics and you know space battles and all this other kind of stuff which is like it it, it has to be science fiction you know like yeah. his religion the religion that he's talking about which we'll talk about in an upcoming episode the religion in um in uh, in absolution gap is only possible it, in a science yes, fiction world because yes. it's a science fiction based religion yeah. which is and based on miracles which aren't faith based and also faith which isn't faith based yeah we'll talk about that more when we get to the episode and yeah. also it's about problems of humanity that mm. can only occur in a science fiction world. Yes, in the science fiction world. It's not like, I mean, of course, often it comes back down to the same problems again, but yeah. uh, there they have problems that you can only have if you are in, in an in, environment in, in like that. In a science fiction world. Yeah. So, all of that said, we were like appreciating how how science fiction, how, like, maybe that's what hard science fiction, I don't even know what you want to talk about with the definitions of this, but we're saying that Alistair Reynolds is, is really on one side of the spectrum here. Mm. Uh, or one, not, all the way at one end of the spectrum, but he's he's a long way over 
on that side, you know, of, yes. the, of the spectrum of yeah. doing things which really, really, really rely on the science fictional ideas that he's exploring, either invented, come up with, exploring um, for the first time. Maybe it's like creative science fiction. Well, no, I don't want to say it's creative because then you're talking about some other science fiction is, you would say that's not creative science fiction. But I think actually there's some stories which aren't, which are kind of just set in a general science fiction world, mm. but the, the problems aren't coming up from the new technology yeah. and aren't being sol- or aren't being solved by the new technology so I don't want to I'm not putting a value judgment on any of this sort of like which one is better or which one's worse it wasn't value I'm just saying that there there is a spectrum there is sort of like a a, a one end you've got Alison Reynolds but even beyond him you've got Mm. more you've got people who lean even more into it's all about the science and not about society and and general like life things Um, and then you've got the other end of the the, the issue which you know I was talking about the the interdependency the the last emprox that, that story which again there is some politics in there, but the solution always seems to come down. Oh, and I will win by locking up all of my enemies, killing a few of them, and disgracing yeah. and exposing their treachery. And that happens at the end of two of the books in that one. Yeah. But the book starts out in this interesting way that it's sort of like, oh, we've got all these different trading planets and centers mm-hmm. and they the, the way that they've set it up is that they can't fight against each other because they're dependent on each other so one planet makes all of the rice and another planet makes all of the cows i don't know how it works out but like the, the point <laughs> is they, like ha- that, they have to have these trading yes. routes between them and they can only go one direction and it's kind of set up like all oh, right so they're gonna have these space battles and space battles are going to be based on like you know sailing technology um you know but also like trade em- empire like trade routes yeah in the same way that, that we always learned about it in uh in um in history classes i say always at school we did uh, numerous times we would talk about the um the trade triangle the atlantic trade triangle yes. where european ships are let's say british because that that's how because we because this yeah, is your history yeah, lessons our history. of course so the ships would set off from um from uh, southampton yeah or whatever from the uk anyway yeah. sail down to africa using the trade winds that go down the coast there mm. pick up slaves from you know um dakar you know that area mm. around there mm. east africa mm-hmm. sail across to the west indies and south america sell the sell the slaves pick up tobacco and cotton and then sail that back up to uh, back across to the uk and it was this triangle you know sort of like the trade Wait, routes what was what are west indies the west indies the west indies West oh, Indies. Caribbean. Oh. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I don't. I'm not familiar with the, that. Term. Okay, the colonial name, the 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 British colonial name for the the West Indies is the West Indies, is the is the and they still go. Although that's mostly, I think now just a cricketing term. Like yes, the, the West yeah, Indies I, team is, uh, yeah, is like all the islands. Where, yes, this you is get where Trinidad and Tobago getting okay, together with okay. Jamaica, so, getting together with. Yes. Okay. Now I understand. I was thinking like, okay, the West Indian yeah. India and West. Okay. Now. Okay, yeah. Now I get it. Oh, sorry. Sorry for interrupting. No, no. There. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so that's the thing. And I thought that's what this book, the uh, the you know the independency book the first one the collapsing empire mm. would be based on you're like oh right this trade is now falling apart and that is one of the main issues that goes through but i was quite disappointed that the the first the first book kind of set up oh it's going to be about trading and mm. the collapse of trade winds and all that and then the last two books were like oh no we're just doing court intrigue in a re- like really really shoddy like like bab is my first you know my first court intrigue yeah um book and the lessons on how yeah. to how to be a monarch and how to keep yeah, your monarchy so and all the so dumb. all the politics behind that. It was both dull and dumb. Mm. Now, anyway, and mm. then it turns out I've reached the peak book, which is let's just retell some stories about, you know, 
trading uh, trading uh, sea trading but we're that we're just going to not have them on sea trading trips ships we're just going to have them on uh, spaceships okay so literally a one-to-one replacement from sea trading to spaceship trading okay sea ship trading to spaceship trading and you so get it doesn't the- really doesn't really matter what kind of ship it doesn't matter on. <laughs> it doesn't matter so the ship the the the, the book that is this it's literally and this is again it might sound a bit like obvious that this is what this book is but even reading it like even looking at the title i didn't really know how much of this i was getting into it's called quarter share a trader's tale from the golden age of the solar clipper okay book one it's by nathan lowell um, narrated by Jeffrey Kafer, and it's the series is called A Trader's Tale from the Golden Age of the Solar Clipper, and this is book one. Okay. Um, of a series of books, it's like a seven-hour audio book. Or a se- well, I was going to say seven hours forty-four minutes, but the last hour of it is sort of like uh, that concludes this first book. You can check out the second book. Here's a, here's an hour-long preview, and I was like, oh, I thought That's I still had an hour left of the audio. Pretty book. big preview. Now, now, judging from, I'm just glancing across to your to your uh, monitor there. Yeah. Uh, this is a recent book. Oh no no it's not a recent book no, no? it's from 2007. Now oh, okay. back when I was uh, get, get starting the science fiction book review podcast one of the reasons I started the science fiction book review podcast is that I was annoyed that all of the all of the podcasts about science fiction mostly were from like made for, by people who were who are writers. They everybody want I everybody was into writing science fiction. Oh okay. And or fantasy or whatever it was and there was I was listening to podcasts and I just wanted a podcast which was not about writing science fiction but was just about reading novels mm. there was quite a few people who was who were who would you know there was a podcast where people would read short stories or talk about short stories and a lot of it was like I wrote the short story and I want it published and there was all kinds there was a whole like ecosystem of authors back then who were making podcasts and some of them were making podcasts because they were into making podcasts some yeah. of them were ma- making podcasts because it seemed like they wanted to just promote their book that mm. they were doing and I've and I've reviewed a few of these people who were self-published authors off the back of um pod, doing podcasts about it there's the one which is about um american football in space uh, okay. which is uh, the starter no the rookie and the starter or whatever it is um by scott sigler he had a podcast where he would narrate it and it was very very well very highly produced very very well made uh, podcast about it apparently nathan lowell was one of those people and then you've got like people like mer lafferty with the i should be writing podcast all of these people making podcasts so i knew about this series because this was nathan lowell who was in that group of people who were writing novels at releasing them weekly or monthly episodically um, okay. like chapter by chapter and as also a podcast. having podcasts and also talking about and yeah. like being guests on each other's podcasts even brandon sanderson who has gone on to be like big epic science fiction writer we've read a few of his books as well that also that kids book of his that we read yeah um can't remember what it's called about alcatraz what was his yes. name maybe something uh, like that yeah um, alcatraz Alcatraz and the and evil the librarians. Evil, yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, so he was also one of those things. He had a podcast which was about writing and was, you know, at the time had only just pub- self-published a book or, you know, was really, you know, back at the time when you could release your books as e-books and there were people like, oh, yes, I want a free e-book and they would, you know, download a, a free e-book and then that would hopefully make you... Tobias Bakel was one of these people as well who were blogging and, and, and always talking about science fiction, but always from the point of view of writing. And that, again, that's one of the reasons I started the Science Fiction Book Review podcast because even though I have written some novels... I, I was never doing the science fiction podcast 
uh, science fiction book review podcast to be become a writer mm. or to promote myself as a writer. That yeah. was that was never a plan of that, and it's a good job because I've not written a science fiction novel in what coming up for 10 years now yeah, like yeah. i wrote a few of them 2007 8 9 10 11 or something yeah. 12 maybe yeah, yeah. 2012 and then so that, yeah that stopped yeah so it's probably been nine years since i to get out well yeah <laughs> and <laughs> yeah i got out and i've done that oh, i've done that ticked <laughs> off that ticked off that yeah. now read wrote some books anyway moving on this so uh, i this is all in the audible free library i was looking for a book hey yes. let's check out a book while juliana is finishing up the um revelation space trilogy yes, absolution, absolution gap, gap. Yeah. um i'll i'll check this out yeah so um, i read it so one one question about the the title is can I yeah. can I ask a question about yeah, the yeah, title? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So you said it's about naval and trade and stuff. Like I have not a big knowledge about ships and yeah, being on ships and trading ships and naval battles yep. or naval anything. But if I read quarter share, yeah. that to me sounds like, you know, how you call things like your quarters. Yeah, and then like the quartermaster. That, yeah, like the quartermaster, and then your quarters where you retire for for the night, and then you share that or something. Yeah, it would. You, that would make sense. Turns out that's actually not where the name comes from. It turns oh, okay. out when you're on a ship, everyone working on the ship, it's kind of like a bit of a cooperative. Mm. Um, uh, you, we watched the CGP Grey video about how the pirate systems work, yes. and everyone on board would get an equal cut of the the of the the loot that they got except the captain who would get like the captain's share and then the quartermaster who would also get the quartermaster's share now don't think about this too hard again what it comes down to is that everybody on the ship gets a share but depending on how high up you are in the ranks you get either a full share so if you're like a full yeah uh, member of the ship you get a uh, one share an officer and not like if say if you're an officer yeah well no actually officers get like a double share and then there's the oh. owner who gets the ownership but really <laughs> if you're the basic if you've gone through all your training yeah you're an able seaman or whatever it is you're just mm. at the normal level yeah. you are you have one share but if you're new to the ship like quite new to the ship maybe you've only been on the ship for two years or you're you're just coming up through training you've got a half share mm. and if you're uh, like a really low level cadet you get paid oh everyone gets paid by the way yeah and then for any big any amount of profit that they make per trip mm. they divide it up among how many shares there are you know on board you know they add it they, they talk so, about this kind sounds of stuff like a very um transparent fair system yeah so in the same way that scott sigler started out his um, series talking about um american football uh, and the first one was called the rookie in mm. other words someone's first season as a professional yeah. and then the starter it means they're the starting quarterback on that time and then i think the it goes on to i didn't read the other books but it goes on in that way this is the same thing this first book is called um uh the quarter share let me just click on the series the next book is called half share uh, full share double share captain share owner's share so oh, okay what we probably have here is a story about our main character who i'm not going to tell you the name of yet um yeah. but our main character is going to go through those ranks yes. in the same way that you get someone like horatio hornblower who if you read the books in chronological order starts off this is again napoleonic wars he starts off as a as a cadet or like coming on then he's an ensign then he's an officer then he's a captain then he's like an admiral or whatever it is it goes okay. it, it goes through. horatio hornblower horatio oh okay we've talked about horatio hornblower uh, probably horatio Help me out here. Hornblower. It's a, just a, a, a literary figure. Let me go. Horatio Hornblower is a fictional Napoleonic Wars era naval officer who is the protagonist of the novels by C.S. Forster. 
Okay. And C.S. Forster wrote many different uh, things as well. As the African Queen turned into a film, The Good Shepherd turned into a film, uh, Greyhound, which is a new movie on Apple TV, which we could watch. Oh, also, yes. you know, he writes um, he writes fiction like naval, naval fiction. Fi- And Does he write it or is he dead? Uh, he died in 1966, so obviously okay. is long dead. But yeah, but Horatio, like I say, is a fictional Napoleonic Wars uh, Royal Navy officer who's a protagonist of a series. Oh, I just read that. Um, he's later the subject of films, radio, television. I think I mostly know for radio. Um, okay. So uh, let me check in another uh, radio. Yeah, so uh, Nicholas Fry played Hornblower in the radio series The Hornblower Story uh, for the BBC Uh, mm-hmm. So I think I might have listened to BBC, th- although that says 1979 to 1980. Maybe I had it on a tape or something. Yeah. So I might have had okay. a few of these things. Horatio so. Hornblower. Horatio Hornblower. And it, he goes on, you know, if you actually go through the ranks in the ships. So uh, he's midshipman, acting lieutenant, lieutenant, temporary commander, commander, post captain, rear admiral of the right, rear admiral of the red. So, you know, he goes through these same things right. in the same way that this, uh, this Nathan Lowell's character goes through here. Um, so what we're looking at here is naval um, a character who who goes up through the ranks, goes through the naval uh, ranks. Okay. And uh, again, I've only read the first book, but there's like six books in this series. Okay. Um, the main character yeah. of this book, the book starts with the la- line, call me Ishmael, which is the first line of the book Moby Dick. Okay. Uh, again, naval yes. fiction. Again, not. This isn't trading fiction. I have not it's, read that it, it, book. It's either. not naval. It's not like war fiction. <laughs> but again, it's 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 again a book that I've already said. I'm never going to read. I'm never going to read Moby Dick. But I do know it's one of the most famous lines, opening lines of any book ever. Call me Ishmael. Okay. The opening line of Moby Dick. This book begins with "Call me Ishmael." No, really, I'm not joking. My name is Ishmael. Okay. Is how the book begins. Well, that's he a... says. He says my mother was a, is a literal. Uh, prof- like a literature professor at the university on this planet um, and so she called me Ishmael Ishmael Wong oh no he's got a middle name his middle name is Ishmael Horatio Wong Horatio so our main character okay. follows the same uh-huh. story as uh, like again I'm not saying the same story but has the same kind of arc as a Horatio okay. Hornblower he's literally named after Ishmael he's named after main characters from Moby Dick and Horatio Hornblower Well, that's heavy. It's even heavier than Honor Harrington being HH for Horatio uh, Hornblower. Hornblower. Honor Harrington. And now we've literally got a character. It, it reminded me of the uh, book Snow Crash, with, when the main character character is called um, Hero. His first name is Hero. So he's like, oh, Hero. It's yeah. like a Japanese name, but he's called Hero. Second name, protagonist. His name is Hero Protagonist. And you're like, who's the hero? Uh, the I mean, who's the protagonist of this book? And you're like, oh, the hero, the hero slash is protagonist the- is... But if, this book is called Hero Protect and I, I and I almost stopped listening because I just downloaded you know I downloaded it uh, as a um, yeah well I'd added it to my library to say oh in the future this will be a book because it's short if I need mm. to fill a book I'll get mm. to it and it says call me Ishmael no really my name is Ishmael Horatio Wong and I like looked at the title again I was like what's this Age of the Solar Clipper no was it um The trade, yeah, traders tale from the golden age of the solar clipper. The clipper is a is a kind is of it, ship. It's a ship, yeah. It's um, a, like, a, like the, a type the, of ship. Yeah, the Cutty Sark. That you know yeah. when we're in Greenwich and yeah. there's that ship there. Tall, one of the tall ships is the. Yeah. Is the is with, a, with, it, it's a sailing ship. It's a sailing ship. Yeah. But it, the whole point of the clippers is they were the fastest ships to ever go mm. between England 
and Australia or India around the Cape of Good Hope Lake. Okay. So it was a very it was the quickest the quickest ships, and then steam power came along and replaced them. So they right. at the time they were the fastest, quickest ships. So if you're like, yeah, the tea is going to come from India and it's going to be delivered to London. Who can make that trip the in fastest? Eight weeks. Yeah, however long it is, <laughs> whoever can get to London the fastest <laughs> yes. wins the trade war. So the, the okay. Clipper being a fast ship, and then everything's replaced by steam, and then you're like, oh, yeah. it's not very fun anymore. We're not playing with. Sales and, and let stuff. me guess, this What? this ship that the, this is about is a, a fast ship. Mm. No, no, it's just a trading ship. Here's the thing. Oh, this book. Mm. If you want a book which is just sort of like, oh, people trading, this is it. You know how many space battles are in this book? Well, there must be one. No, no there's no, no space no. battle. This is not a book about space battles. Okay. You know how much? You know how much? Uh, um, I was going to say conflict there is in this book. How many gunfights there are? How many mutinies? You know all the things that you want from like one of these naval mm. naval things. Yeah. Like any story. No. There's no, the story is his um, his Ishmael Horatio Wong, and he's a new guy on the ship. Okay. So, He he has to he has to join. He's like stuck on a planet. Mm. It's like a it's like a um, you know when you always think about who who works at the, like you always have to buy from the company store these company town things. You're in a town and you can't do anything unless you pay the company and the company is paying you, but you got to do that. So anyway, yeah. he he the only way for him to get off his planet, his home planet, mm -hmm. is to sign up for a ship, mm -hmm. and he takes it quite well. And again, I already knew this was the start of a series because I saw like in the Audible Free Library, there's the next book in the series uh, yeah. as well. Check it out. So I was like, oh, right. So this is the guy. He's going in. He's going to be a cadet on a ship. He's going to stay on the ship and he's going to learn how to be a cadet on the ship. Okay. That is, that's it. That's the story. Okay. Well, um, do, do stories always need conflict? No. And that's a good thing. Like it, this is kind of like the company store planet that he's on is sort of like, oh, this is this feels a bit dystopian. It feels like, oh, he's getting out of a like he's he has to escape this bad situation. You yeah. know, like yeah. oh, everything is corporate. There's a corporation that owns the whole planet and nobody can do anything and nobody has any freedom on the planet at all. And you've got to leave the planet. And that's what he does. And then it's like one of the gentlest, nicest Books, you know the um the long way to a, a, a something planet. You know yeah. what is it to small a small angry planet? Small angry planet. The the fact that that has the word angry in the title, the, the that anger that's yeah. mentioned in that title, yeah, is more anger and more conflict. Just the title of that book has more <laughs> anger in it than this book. Okay, this book, that every single character that yeah. Horatio Wong speaks to. Is a nice person. Every interaction that he has with anybody mm. else is nice. The captain is very nice. The officers are very nice. Okay. He signs up to the he signs up to the kitchen. Ca uh, the captain. No, no. The, he he's put into the into the kit in the mess. Let me put it yeah. that way. Is it just yeah. use the ship terms? He's put yeah. into the mess. Yeah. And everyone's really nice. And they That's like nice. his cooking and they like his coffee. Oh, I might want to read that. As aside from, I'm not oh. interested in naval and trading, but I do enjoy just nice, nice. Books, I'm nice going to read you out. I'm nice going to read you out a line. I made a, I made a note of this line okay. right at the very end. Yes. They're getting together. Oh, also, there's like these other bits and pieces where a friend of his, Pip, is probably a bit dyslexic in some way, can't read very well, but is good with numbers and works. Yeah. He, he can do uh, trade stuff. I'm not quite sure what his dyslexia is, but at one point he says, "Oh, if you want to pass this test, can we do an oral test instead of a reading test? Because uh. he failed it twice already." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll do an oral test instead of a reading test." Uh -huh. And then he passes it and stuff. Yeah. So Pip is there doing his thing. There's a few like love interest is Denise or someone I can't remember mm. um, I can never remember names mm. um, 
and they he kind of they kind of rediscover small trading and startup a cooperative mm-hmm. and um at the end of the book there's this line saying oh and it was really really excited it was it was like the most exciting thing that has happened to me on the six months i've been on board and all we're doing is setting out into a flea market it's nothing more exciting than a yard sale uh like a flea market mm-hmm. you were hiring a flea market here and that's and that's going to be the highlight of our six months of the voyage so far and then the book ends and i was like oh that that literally is it like the most exciting thing that happens in this entire book yeah. is people going to a flea market and selling things oh, on a table at a flea market what a nice life and it's so <laughs> not boring like it's nicely written the mm. character's all nice yeah i have never found like you know what i was saying before like um the kim stanley robinson book you know the the trilogy that I was talking about the yeah. the, the three californias trilogy yeah. and the one that i gave five stars to was the one that there was like you know it, the, the nuclear bombs had fallen and america yeah, yeah. was recovering and but it was blocked off and there was so like raiders from the south and like the, the japanese were coming in from the, <laughs> the, the the sea and they were going this and there's all this crazy stuff and there's all this it was one of his first novels stuff. well it's not it's post-apocalyptic yes. but this is a book where uh, no apocalypse has happened no okay. i mean that would be too kind of like too violent or too bad you know there's yeah. literally one piece of bad news in this entire book and it's the thing that like starts off his journey mm. and his journey is just oh he's a 18 year old 19 year old kid who isn't going to university now but he is going to a ship but mm. he's got his university smarts and mm. he knows how to brew coffee like there's a whole section at the start of this book is just sort of like oh right and now let's brew some coffee and he brew some coffee there's like two chapters of him brewing some coffee <laughs> people come in and go hmm, this is really nice good coffee. coffee and i was like yeah look you've you've taught like Sounds i would know how to do that so here's the thing he's a he, he's working on a ship yeah and like i say th- that is a spaceship N- nothing at all like even they do this thing oh and we're sailing out you know like we're we're coming out of the docks and it's sort of like all right you're just sailing like you're just doing some sailing ship out of the docks okay they even have sails to get away from the to get away from the uh the planets they have these big solar sails that they that they fill out we don't learn anything about that because he doesn't do it like our main character yeah, he's just it, a passenger he's in no he's not a passenger I mean, he's in a, the mess but, he, but he's, he's making just coffee on board while they're furling the, <laughs> furling the sails we don't see them furling the sails because he's making coffee for the people who are failing the sales. And they do these other maneuvers. We don't know anything about that because he is in his cabin on his computer or his tablet reading up for the pat, like, because he wants to pass his half share exam or whatever yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah. be like he wants to pass his his he ratings wants to go up the ranks and do well not so much to go up the ranks he needs needs to get qualifications yes. to, to get a higher share if okay. a position comes available to him so i'm guessing at the start of the next book there'll be a new thing so yeah it's it, it but it, like i say it it felt uh was it? oh yeah the three californias the, mm. the the wild shore gold coast and what was the other one i can't remember but the but the one i reviewed more recently pacific edge Yes. Pacific Edge is the one where like the most exciting thing is sort of like uh, or the most drama comes from like a a bad uh, like a fractious relationship from someone else who's on the city council, you know, because they want to do some development. This book is even gentler than that book. There isn't even a there's not even a rival there's not even a rival character to this guy. Okay. In, in in that way, it was like this, you know, this political rival who yeah. was also his baseball rival, who was also, also his like cycling rival, maybe I don't know, but <laughs> but also his love rival because yes. there was a, a love triangle yes. there. Yeah. Um. 
and and then there was another rival when I said, "Oh, I thought I would get oh no, like um, you know, yeah. all of that stuff going on there." And I was like, "It's that book didn't get, you know, it was very well written, the characters are nice, but it didn't like bump up because there wasn't enough drama." Mm. This book has got like one tenth of the drama of that book. Okay. Because it's a it's a book which is a 7-hour audiobook with no drama. Okay. And I find it admirable that someone can just be like I'm going to write a book where like there's one piece of bad news and then everything just goes well for people and it everybody is nice and there's no drama and it's just one person go- and you're like how can this like Aww. and it, it it wasn't really interesting enough for me to for for me to to like really get like get me gripped in this again it's one of those things that this could never be a five this kind of book could never be a five star book for me yeah because there's just there just wasn't Doesn't... enough drama I never felt that he was going to go into a test and then fail the test or he was going to do some trading and like lose money on a trade mm. or any like ev- everything is just going to go well for this guy yeah which is very it's kind of like refreshing to read something that way where they're not even like oh we've got to put a bit of fake drama in here like oh let's do a love triangle nope not even that like it's crazy now i have a suspicion here though um because it is a a book that keeps on getting like you're going up the ranks yeah oh i'm not going to read any more Uh, of this oh okay but i'm 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 kind of predicting that there's going to be more and more drama the higher up you go. Maybe. Maybe, maybe he, like, when he's in, maybe he, when he's an owner of a ship, he's going to have, like, a rival, and then yeah. he's gonna, then it's going to be about racing and yeah. going to the yeah. next system. Yeah. But, like, it's not that I, I didn't enjoy it or didn't like it, but it was, this is, like, it, it, as a writing experiment of, can I write a book with no conflict and no drama and but only nice people coffee. and everybody succeeding? Then it, but it kind of then has to. It kind of then depends on the world building. And unfortunately for me, the world building it was just sort of like slowly revealing the point that oh yes, we should all be like in the cooperatives and everything should be owned by the people who are doing the trading nice. and the people who own the ship. You know, the owners could get here yeah. and there and talk about that. And I was like. Oh, that's nice. That's all nice. But it did feel like the our 18-year-old kid who has only like studied literature before and is, you know, and knows how to brew coffee. It's sort of like him just discovering about cooperatives and him discovering about trading yeah. and the other people. And it seems a bit neat that he's like also the catalyst for some of the change and some of the, but like the conversations at the end of the book are sort of like, oh, it's really good. You've like, everyone's feeling better since you've come along because you've made better coffee and you've kind of put into motion this like fun <laughs> oh, trading, nice. like this personal training scheme. And you're like, oh, that's nice. But like, I didn't, I wasn't getting anything out of it. And I think, and here's one of the reasons why I found this, uh, a bit like not as interesting yeah. to me is that he works in a mess, yeah. which is the, you know, the galley. He works in the in the kitchen and serves food to people and then washes up coffee pots yeah. afterwards yeah. and makes people omelets. Yeah. Uh, that's why we've eaten omelets for the last two days. Oh, I yes. had an omelet yesterday. Luke, there was a um, suspicious or surprising amount of omelets no, being I made. No, I made myself an omelet when I got back from a bike ride yesterday. And then today I was like, oh, I need to make Juliana lunch. What am I going to do? There's one egg left. Juliana gets a little also one egg omelet omelette. with some cheese on it. Yeah, which it's was very good. Okay, because I make a good omelet. You do. Um, here's the thing. When I took a year out before going to university, I left school and then went immediately back to school for my year out. But working in a different school, Barnard Castle School, which is a boarding school. Not the uh, school you went to. Not the school I went to. I did not go to a, uh, a private school, although 
although in England uh, we call them public schools, but Americans will call them private schools. Ooh, in other words, that's not pay, confusing pay at all. to be there. Yeah, it's very confusing. So all of these kids were there and they also had to be there for breakfast. Like a lot of the kids who were there year round would be living on in, in the school. Oh, right. Upstairs, there was the bedrooms yeah. and then there was the big dining room. And I worked in the kitchen. So what his job is, is being sort of like a quarter share, like new on the ship. What's your job? Mm. Make coffee like in these big cans of like these big canisters of coffee yeah and then clean out the coffee jars afterwards and keep the coffee brewed and also put some stuff out onto the table and serve people as they come through mm. and then do scrub up the scrub the pots and mm. do all that kind of stuff and also you've got to be there early in the morning mm. and then you have these shifts like the way i would do it is i was always get there well not always half the uh, I worked four days a week and on two of the days I would be there in the morning in time to start making breakfast and mm -hmm. stay there until just after lunch and do the lunch clip and then leave. Yeah. The other days I'll get there just before lunch, be ready for the big lunch rush, clear up after, help clear up afterwards yeah. and then have a bit of time off in the afternoon and then come back and do the, the dinner in the evening yeah. uh, and then put out, put out the stuff for, you know, people who are going to, you know, the teachers and other people who live there yeah. who are going to come for snacks and things late at night, you know, put out a big jar of like a big urn of hot chocolates so that would be yeah. one the last thing that you do is make the big hot chocolate thing for people in the evening to have <laughs> hot chocolate nice. so it was one of those things that um you know uh ishmael horatio wong gets on in on this thing goes into the galley and starts doing the job that i literally did for nine months yeah when i was uh when i was in in Between my year schools. in schools yeah because i was living in banakas living with my parents deciding what first of all deciding what i wanted to do at university and mm -hmm. um, a bit like he is in this book he's sort of like oh i don't know what i want to study for next like yeah. so he was also a bit like mm, i'll do this i'll do that i'll save yeah. up some money and mm. do this kind of thing so the same job so him talking about being up there in different shifts he was on the morning shifts so he would help out and do the food in the morning that's like that is a job that i did yes another job that i did or i hopefully still do but a current uh, more recent job is working on cruise ships which is a lot of shipboard ship life stuff which yes. i don't work in the galley i eat in the galley three times a day. well i eat in the in whatever the <laughs> restaurant is sometimes i eat in the in the um, officer's mess depending on the ships i've done that yeah. kind of thing so i have also been i've also been on the other side of this being fed by people that way but also just spending a lot of time at sea yeah. and a lot of time navigating and a lot of time in going in and out of ports yeah. ports and a lot of times spending in cabins and a lot of time like flirting with people like he does in this book you know mm -hmm. a lot of just a lot of sea board stuff a lot of safety drills that's another plot point in this book as well mm -hmm. and so also i'm a bit too close to that so the I kind of wished it would either be a bit more doing into food preparation, like you did a whole two chapters on coffee preparation, but now tell me how you do the omelettes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't go up to that level. Yeah. But also on the ship stuff, it doesn't quite get to the level that I want of like someone who has spent the last 15 years working yeah, on cruise ships. You got too much insight into all of these jobs. Yeah, there's sometimes when they were doing some drills, I was like, well, this is... And I immediately understood what was going wrong with this situation because I have been in situations in that in that way of like... Uh, well, except like, not being on a spaceship. Not being on a spaceship, but the same scene of him putting on his emergency spaceship could be... His emergency... Uh, spacesuit. His oh, emergency spacesuit right. could be played out with here... 
you got to put on this life vest, you know, yes. like we do the like at the start of every cruise, you yeah. do a life vest. And also whenever I join a ship where all the passengers have already done their uh, safety drill yes. at the start, emergency drill, I have to have done a safety drill before the ship goes away so normally yes. every time i get onto a ship yeah. and they're like oh be here at 4 30 yeah and everyone who's just joined the ship that time which is like me group. two other entertainers yeah. two people who like five passengers who missed the missed the boat uh yeah. when they were meant to be joining with all the rest of the passengers yeah. two ports before you know we all get on board and we yeah. do the thing they yeah. tick our I've names off one the list. of those before yeah yeah of course yeah. you have because yeah. you've been on cruise ships with yeah. me so <laughs> when you join a cruise halfway through like yeah. another port you have to go and do that stuff yeah. uh, a lot of uh, and they have to do it on the first day you're on the ship it used to be yeah. with the Costa Concordia, they would get everybody on board in the mm. evening in Rome, all the Italians get on board, they'd mm. set off and then do the safety drill the next morning mm. until... That the, could have been too late or was it too was late. It was too late. Yeah. Yes, the ship the ship hit a rock as it was coming up before people had done their safety drills oh, and stuff. So some of the safety drill drama in this book, which isn't even drama, like there's not drama, it's just mm. sort of like, I would be like, they are, they are teaching him incorrectly what is going on here there is incorrect teaching Oops. and i know that because when i get on a ship i'm generally not classed as crew mm. i'm classed as a passenger or service staff or a contractor which means that i'm not allowed to go into all of the crew areas that there are although i i, I you can and do but there's areas which you shouldn't be in mm. unless you've had the full amount of safety training yes. which i have had on some ships but other ships it's that's too much safety training yeah. to do for everybody who's on board only for like maybe five days or seven days like i am to do some juggling shows yeah so what then what they need to do is that everybody who's on board on a crew actually has to tick off all lots of different safety trainings. Do you know how to do uh, fireproof doors? Do you know how to do waterproof, watertight doors? Mm. Do you know the exits? Do you know like all these different things that I do know on some ships where I've been classed as crew? I need to do like every single time I get onto the ship, I do the watertight doors thing, even though I'm never going to go down onto the level of the ship or down onto the B deck where you have to just yeah. have this drilled in. I might go to a deck for uh you know to do laundry but i'm never going to go down to b deck you no, know but this is for the emergencies yeah and but i still uh, got to do the watertight yeah. door stuff and yeah. you do that on every ship because every ship the alarm might be different and watertight yeah. doors are very scary like when you actually do that like look this will take off your arm if it closes yeah. like the way that you do this thing you've got to you've got to pump it open like this it will open and then you've got to hold on to the thing and then you've got to go through and reach through and hold on to the 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 thing on the other side you've got to then go through then you've got to let go on the other side and then you can let go of this one you don't just open it and go through you're actually holding the door open with these pump Juliana's eyes are really wide but what <laughs> What I'm saying oh, is that when scary. you first get onto a ship as a crew, yeah. what you do is you do all of the drills. Like you get all of the information yeah. about all of the drills that you might need to do. So when then you do the drill, you're prepared. And he doesn't do that. And I'm like, why didn't they? Like, why is he saying, oh, I've not done this drill yet? It's sort of like, ah, when we get to that drill, you'll know, you know, we'll talk you through. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The whole do point of the drill. And then, like, again, this it's not even drama, but there's one thing that comes up. I was like, no, you would, like, there isn't a world. Like, if everything is running smoothly, if everything is, like, as happy and utopian on the ship <laughs> as everybody, like, is making out to be, you're, you've messed up the safety. Like, the safety culture on the ship is incorrect. Mm. It's played off as being, oh, this is really laid back and it's all good and it's played for comedy in some ways. But I'm just, I'm as someone who's been on many, many ships, like, mm. I've probably been on, what, 70 
80 different cruise ships, mm. you know? I don't even know off the, off the top of my head. Like many, many, many different cruise ships yes. I've worked on over the last yeah. 15 years. No, 40, 2007 and, since I've been working on cruise ships. So, And then not even talking about flying because there yeah, you yeah, also again, have Yeah, yeah everybody, knows, <laughs> everybody knows the flying thing. But like I say, this is very ship-based yes, ship kind based. of stuff. Like, anyway, I just wanted to say that it, it kind of was in this perfect middle ground in in like probably and there's probably enough coffee making and catering and working in a mess for most people who haven't also worked at a boarding school who has the similar like w yes. watch schedules and stuff yeah and also people who haven't spent 100 days of sea per year yeah. for the last it's uh, a very you are a very years. specific um uh target group here yeah as in that you have experience in <laughs> all of these things well not all of these things I, but i, I doubt that they're that many people who read this book well, also it, have yeah well now that i'm thinking about it it's probably a young adult of... book. <laughs> let's see science fiction space space opera this is not space opera space opera oh. is like defined by is there a opera. space battle yes soap. or no no opera. it's, it's no. not a soap opera <laughs> there is no opera in this and there's very little space in it uh fiction space fantasy young adult okay so 12 users of of uh, young adult novel. coming of age so there you go yeah. so uh But it has six parts and he's obviously growing up. Um, but to be honest, um, sometimes in your life, life is happening yeah. around you. And, and you just get on with it. And generally, no, 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 that's not what, what I'm talking about. Generally, what happens is when you're an adult, nobody told you how adulting is. And then sometimes you just want a book like that, maybe. Just mm. a book where there are nice people, not a lot of drama, unlike your life. No, here's the thing. After reading mm. Absolution Gap, which is like, like again, I think it was one of Alistair Mendel's best novels. And it's so full of okay. drama and politics yeah. and space battles and <laughs> aliens and religion inhibitors and, and religion. And, or, and like, there's one of everything in that book yes, and uh, more things that you don't even know. Yeah. And so this is literally uh, what uh, it says here in Nathan Lowell about the about Nathan Lowell, about the author. Unlike most works of which focus on larger-than-life heroes, prophesied saviour, charismatic captain or exiled prince. Nathan centres on the people behind the scenes, ordinary men and women trying to make a living in the depths of space. In his novels, there are no bug-eyed monsters or galactic space battles. Instead, he paints a richly vivid and realistic world where the hero uses hard work and his own innate talents to improve his station and the lives of those in his community. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it a is. break from Alistair Reynolds, yeah. who's sort of like inhibitors g killing off the entirety of the human race in the far future. And a ragtag of heroes need to come together to defeat the bug-eyed monsters. Yeah. And the the prophesied hero needs the, to come through and do, which is literally, although in this case, it's a fake religion. So it's a fake prophesied hero. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he served in the USCG from uh, you uh, from 1970 to 1975, seeing duty on board a cutter on hurricane patrol patrol in the North Atlantic mm -hmm. and a communication station in Kodiak, Alaska. So yeah, this is the guy who knows his sea stuff. If he was in the United States Coast Guard, yeah, um, for five years, you know. So he, I'm not saying it's not he's he's not doing anything wrong with yeah. the uh, with the ship stuff. It's just we don't really see it in this because the guy is spending all his time in. He's not seeing it. He's in his quarters. He's in the gym. <laughs> he's doing laps of running yeah. in the gym yeah. and he's making coffee for people who are actually doing the sailing work. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, I either want more sailing stuff or any conflict at all. Well, I don't know. Well, I would like to say yes. the book was very nice. Nice.
<laughs> I will need more than just nice from books in the future. Okay. I don't mind nice, but again, it's like it's maybe not like the follow-up book after Absolution Gap. No, no, it, it was a perfect follow-up book it? after like Absolution a, like Gap. A, but spoilers, a I cleanser. think <laughs> I think Absolution Gap is like is a is I don't think it is a five-star novel, but it's like really close to a five-star novel for me. Like I really enjoyed Absolution Gap, okay. and it's the second time I've read it, okay. and I really enjoyed it. Again, this book will Good. never this kind of book for me will never become a five-star book. Okay, if you say this book. Oh, Then I'm talking about. I'm pointing at Goodreads. Yeah, but the nobody Goodreads can page. see that. Quarter Share by Nathan Lowell. Like, if there is literally no drama and no conflict, the maximum it can ever reach is like three and a half stars. That, I mean, there, there's just nothing there. Because again, f what I like from fiction and what I like from science fiction, where dr what drama comes from, where story comes from, mm. is when there's some kind of conflict that somebody wants something and something is stop, trying to stop them getting it. Mm. And then they have to try and overcome that thing that they're trying to get. And in this book, that doesn't exist. There isn't a thing that anybody wants in this book, which they don't just get to by like studying a bit or thinking about it or just yeah. rolling up their sleeves and doing the work like you do in real life like you do in real life and again <laughs> as somebody who's worked in a kitchen making coffee for people and making like putting out stuff for when people come in late at night for their late mm. night snack and making mm. hot chocolate for people like he does in this book i want something a bit more than that and someone who spent many days at sea uh, on a ship i want either like there to be a little bit about shipboard life which isn't as literal exact perfect one-to-one -one matching with life at sea like even the, the the times when they're like oh we set off from here and it's going to be about two weeks to get to our next port of call i'm like yeah i've done that on ships of course cruise yeah. ships they're stopping a lot more often yeah. but again that like oh right i'm going to be on the ship and we're going to go through you know the the loop is like two mm -hmm. weeks or whatever mm -hmm. it is it felt like even the, the pacing didn't even feel like more exciting than my own life when i've done my some of my longest right. sailings between ports <laughs> which is i, I think was We say I, my longest ever time at sea in a straight line was across the Pacific Ocean, yeah. which was which was Santiago, Chile. Well, not Santiago, um, Valparaiso, which is the port near in Chile, yeah. near the capital city. And then just say you just set off, set off west, and just keep sailing, keep, keep going until you get to uh, until some you get islands. To, no, Tahiti is where yeah. you get to. But also, we sailed past Easter Island, the most remote past. island. We didn't stop there, yeah. and then we sailed uh, to, and we did stop at uh, at uh, not Easter Island. Um, Pitcairn Island, yes, which is like the most remote habited, habited place, or you know, it's whatever it is. Like, however you do this thing, and then we kept tiny on sailing. Islands. Yeah, yes. these tiny little islands, and then we kept on sailing, and that was like nine days at sea without yeah. without stepping foot off the ship for nine days. Oh you God! Know? No, I mean people do much longer. Yeah, than that. yeah, of course they do, but still, I find that quite. Um should catch up with the stories of people who were on who didn't weren't like me who managed to get off the ship like before uh, the pandemic yeah. like if i'd have joined that ship yeah. a day earlier ruby princess the, the one the ship that was making headlines around the world because yes. it was the plague ship which was being turned away from new zealand yes because they had people with covid and i was meant to be joining that ship so if i'd have yeah. joined that ship the day before i would have been on that ship for maybe i could have been on that ship for four months as it was sailing oh, back to the uk crazy crazy as it was going and dropping off different crew people because i yeah. know people well maybe not four months but i was i was you know following along with people's adventures who were yeah. in their rooms isolated in their rooms for like two months on cruise ships oh god yeah how do you survive that well, oh, oh actually my. 
two of those people who yeah. did that actually now the ones back on cruise ships. I think the cruise ships are paying off the loyalty to these oh, people yeah. because so many people they would they would post something or mention something and then they would just get loads and loads and loads of requests from news organizations saying, Can we do mm. an interview with mm. you? Can we quote mm. you? Can we do it? And mm-hmm. they say, No, we're not doing any of that. You know. Yeah. So these people who they weren't were- very loyal. You know, yeah, they were very loyal, and yeah. their loyalty is being paid back by they're the they're the first ones back working Aww, on cruise ships now. That's nice. Anyway, I said I was going to be doing about twenty minutes yeah, on this book because I didn't have much to say. It's always what you say. Forty-seven minutes in, but then we're having a conversation. Let's so. give this book. Let's give this book uh, three stars. Um, Not let you. I'm going to give this book three stars <laughs> because it is above average in terms of enjoyment, but yes. like way below average in terms of excitement. Yes. And I I didn't even talk very much about the main character. He's like this void of personality who's just nice. He's, you know, when talking about the Mary Sue (laughs) kind of character who just happens to be good at everything that the author needs them to be good at or the author wants them to be good at. He's young. He's good looking. He's suddenly in the best shape of his life because he's going to the gym every day because the main social part of the ship is going to do nothing else to do. (laughs) Like the the girls are flirting with them. He's flirting with them back and stuff. You know, he's he's uh, he's obviously the good guy here. He's making cool. everyone's life better. Nice. And you're like, oh. Makes good just, coffee. Come on. That's, let's that's what it comes down. Listen up. It made making me, a good coffee. It made me think of um, the Honor Harrington book. One of her main character defining trait is that she doesn't like coffee. She likes hot chocolate. And it feels like this book is like, oh, no, no. Coffee. Not it's hot chocolate. Coffee. It's coffee. coffee. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Let's wrap it up there. If you want to. Oh, let me just quickly look. Friends reviews. Um, uh, 39 friends have reviewed this with a 4.32 average rating. Wow. Oh, this has okay. got a 4.16 rating generally on Goodreads. I, I had looked. People like at, nice books. I hadn't looked. I didn't know that these books were this uh, were this well loved but again he got a big fan base of people listening to him right. read it out on his podcast yeah this wasn't him who did it no this was this was jeffrey kafer kafer um so uh, fred hughes rated it five stars timothy ward rated it four stars oh i re-listened to this with the new narrator jeffrey kafer uh, i have to give him props for performing under the kind of expectation to those who fell in love with the original performance by the author nathan lowell uh, and he and he took to this listen you know he says he preferred nathan lowell version uh, but they're no longer available oh so i guess you can't get those original podcasts right. you have to get them through audible which yeah. makes a lot of sense because now yeah. he's making money off these things of course although i got them from the free library yeah uh, sotolf rated it five stars patrick three stars b rated it three stars uh, quite a few three stars uh, <laughs> Alex rated it he didn't rate it at all unless you're a trader or interested in trading techniques this fiction book is utterly boring and you know what I agree <laughs> no I'm not no I wouldn't say it's utterly boring it's utterly I don't even want to say bland because you're like I was enjoying listening to it yeah. but it like Talk about the most background book ever, but it's not wanting to be exciting, and that's that's what I yeah, want to really bring home yeah. is that like there's lots of books which I just find boring because the the author is trying to create excitement, and I'm not finding it exciting because yeah. I can already see the solutions a hundred pages before the, the 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 protagonist of the book. Like yeah. I already know how to solve yeah, this. Yeah, I already yeah. know what's going on. They're trying to solve a problem, but I've already seen the solution. I already know. I can already see the twist. So there's books which are, are trying to be excited and are just boring. This book isn't even trying to be excited it's just sort of like and then i got up in the morning and i went out to this flea market and i wanted to see if there was anything that i could buy which i could buy at this flea market and then on the next stop that we get to i'm going to sell it at another flea market and i said you know it's that kind of stuff and when they're in port every chapter is like another four hour block in the day and you're like oh so i'm just reading someone's diary yeah. <laughs> here so it so totally succeeded in what it's aiming to do yes uh tamahomi added it 
Not exactly pulse-pounding excitement, but but if you give it to your kids to listen to, they might clean their room better. <laughs> That's funny. G- good job, Tamahomi, for doing the doing the best review here. Cool. Uh, it sure makes me want to have a coffee. Comforting while trying to sleep at night. That's Tamahomi's updates as you read it. So, yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, let's let's wrap it up there. Three stars. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge. You can. Oh well, that's why I looked on Goodreads. You can become my friends on Goodreads, and I can then also see what books you're suggesting and and reading, and see what yeah. you're doing yeah. about this. The next book that I'm going to read, or the ne- book that I'm currently reading, which I started last night, was recommended in the books I would like to see rec- reviewed Ooh, thread. What on, is it? What is it? Uh, it's called We Are Satellites by Sarah Pinksker. And someone said, hey, you should read this book. And somebody else said, I would recommend that book too. And I said, all it takes is one person to recommend a book in that thread on the and discussion forum. someone else too. And someone else to say, I would also would like to see that uh, reviewed because I would recommend it too. And so I've started it. Okay. We are satellites. Okay. That's started cool. last night. Also, inhibitor phase, but only once Juliana's finished once Absolution Gap. Once I finished Gap. Absolution Gap, which I'm like about 45% through. Yeah, you're about halfway through. Yeah. You'll read more of it this evening. Yeah. Finish it up tomorrow. No. no don't find me. No. Uh, so, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm uh, Luke Burridge there. Juliana is on Twitter and Instagram too at J-U-K-U Berlin. I just deleted the Twitter app from my phone. You just deleted it? Yeah. Why? It's too much bad stuff happening that I'm reading about yeah? in you the just world. Need, you just need to take your mind off it. Like yes. Instagram is where the happy things are posted. Yes. Happy pictures on Instagram. And also bad currently news on Twitter. we have election going on oh, in, in, German in Germany. Elections and it's hard. Well, it's, it's bad. And also you looked at your app time report. What is it? Screen time report. Well, that was not report. so much it, but ma- mainly because I follow, um, you know, climate chi- scientists. Oh, no. and uh, You don't other... need to follow it all. I know, but I wanted to be informed by the you, people who we should follow. You don't we need to be know more what informed saying, than you are. But it's... it's, it's Anyway, it's come to my happy place me. with delete. It's destroying me. Delete the um, Facebook app. I deleted the Facebook app off my phone. So I've not had Facebook on yeah. my phone for what? Three years, four years now, I've not had the Facebook app on my phone. Yeah. My life is infinitely better. Yes. Not infinitely better. My life is in, in, incrementally better by not having Facebook. I'm mostly so. using Facebook to look at what at the videos you post and to see how people oh, yeah, interact Yeah, I check in on it. some notifications to see if someone's commented on a video, yeah. which has been reposted automatically from Instagram. Yes. So I'm not even going there to yeah, post stuff. It's just whatever yeah. gets uh, stuff there. Anyway, that's it. Uh Juliana will not see your tweets. Yes. Um, <laughs> Currently. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Patreon. Thank you very much for our Patreon supporters. Oh, yes. Thank you um, so much. The reason I could buy some extra Audible uh, credits this month, because I need to top it up, like one, well, once or twice a year, I'll need to get mm. some more credits, because I, I downgraded myself to the uh, one credit per month thing on Audible. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it turns out, I listen to more than uh, 12 audio books or I want to spend more than 12 credits. But this was one of the books from the free library. So let's uh, see how that works out in the future. So thank you very much. If you want to support us financially for doing this podcast, actually mostly for juggling stuff or most people support us for juggling stuff, but we do have some SFBRP listeners supporting us on Patreon and it goes a a huge difference because it's been like... uh, well, yeah, it's amazing. 18 months since yes. I've worked on a cruise ship and had a proper job. Um, so it'd be fantastic if anyone wants to support us financially. If you've enjoyed the Science Fiction Book Review podcast, check out patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. Right, that's it from us. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>